0: All right, folks, we're back with another episode of Through the Gears. I'm your host, Mark Harris, at Skybox NASCAR on Twitter. And today, we're going to be joined by the most influential person when it comes to my career in betting on NASCAR, Chris Worm. We had a great discussion on how to bet, why your explanation is so important, and uh, a few guys that, that we think are mispriced this week. So uh, before we get to our guest segment, I want to talk a little bit about Dover. I thought the racing at Dover was pretty damn good. There was a threat of there being a Goodyear shit show. Uh good thing we didn't have that. I thought I thought everything went according to plan for the most part. Uh we saw William Byron jump out to an early lead. He ended up leading 193 laps. His his short run car was so good and his long run car in that third stage was was awful. He he had nothing uh for Ross Chastain and Martin Truex. I mean, he his his car in the third stage was Probably an 8th to 10th, maybe a 12th place car. I had him in a matchup over Christopher Bell. uh, And it ended up cashing, uh, but it was only for that late race caution uh, that it cashed. So he didn't have anything for Ross Chastain or Truex. Those two clearly had the two fastest cars. I don't think anyone's going to argue that, uh, especially Ross. I mean, if he didn't have a couple moving chicanes in his way, he would have passed Truex easily and went on to win the race. But he didn't. And uh, I'm happy for Truex. He cashed a 12 to 1, snaps his two-year-long points-paying winless streak, and punched his ticket most likely into the playoffs this year. I ended up grabbing him at 12 to 1 about literally five minutes before the race started. I was at work, uh, didn't have time to tweet it out or anything like that, but uh, it was a it was a it was a pleasant experience to see Truex back in Victory Lane, even with him and James Small bitching at each other on the radio. But overall, I thought it was refreshing. Refreshing to see comers and goers. I probably use that term too much, but I think it's I, I think it's a great aspect of a good race. There's passing. There's live betting opportunities. The, the, the guys make mistakes early. They they can bounce back from them. They can drive through the field. Uh, not in Denny Hamlin's case though. Felt like he was losing like six or seven positions every pit stop, but, uh, I'm glad to finally be at some quote predictable tracks. And, uh, and I thought, I thought there was no better person to bring on than the one and only Chris worm or wormy, I should say. And as I like to call him big perm. So I hope you enjoy, I, I promise if you listen to what this guy has to say, you will become a better gambler on NASCAR. It helped me tremendously. It will help you tremendously let's hop right into it and now on to our guest portion of the podcast this week chris worm uh the guy that has taught me a bunch
1: a bunch in nascar gambling how are we doing tonight oh man i'm doing great thanks for thanks for having me on uh through the gears kansas kansas week baby Got a yeah, lot of that, baby.
0: So before we jump into Kansas, uh, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to be a full-time gambler on NASCAR.
1: Yeah, um, grew up in Michigan, uh, went to college in Michigan, couldn't find a job, ended up out caddying here in Scottsdale, Arizona. And if you don't know much about the the golf world, especially maybe the the caddy shack culture, well, there's a little bit of gambling that goes on in the caddy shack. And when I grew up, I was you know, just a conservative small town in Michigan, I had never placed a bet in my entire life. And I mean, someone once, you know, tried to bet me if the sun would come up the next day. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Did you see that sunset yesterday? That might not happen. So um, I was, you know, very risk averse growing up. And then I I ended up, you know, moving in with a buddy who, who bet on everything. Like if there was a line, I mean, it was Miss America. It was hot dog eating content. I mean, if there was a line, there was an edge, but we did especially well on NASCAR. And that's kind of where the interest started and once it became legal, you know, I was able to, to bet a lot more and just, you know, I read a book that said you shouldn't follow your passion, you should follow or, or do what you're useful at. And I'm really useful at betting on NASCAR and, and talking about it. So that's kind of how I ended up, you know, in the content space and, and betting professionally.
0: Yeah, so last year I've been doing this for this is my third season, like seriously, doing it. Uh, and last year, you know, you had dropped into to Derek's show on Wednesday nights, the NASCAR betting preview show, and uh, really harped on the explanation side of things. And I want you to go into and explain. <laughs> it's funny. Explain why your explanation, your reasoning, why you're making a bet? Why is that so important? Because for me, I'm looking, you know, I used to look at paint schemes and be like, oh, that's just cool. I (laughs) like that. But but once I got this sort of uh, notion in my head on why the reasoning is so important for that bet in that particular weekend, but also to look back on. So walk everybody through why that's so important.
1: Yeah. So listen, we learn a lot more from our failures than we do our wins in life. You know, there's a lot of people that look back and they say, "Well, if I had known then what I know now," right? And I think that's really important, but it's really tough to do if you're winning. And that's why I feel like the explanation is so important because you have to look back and say, "Did I get lucky or was I right?" There's a big difference. Winning whether you you cash a ticket or not doesn't matter to the future bets that you make. The goal is to get smarter, to increase your knowledge of the sport. So the explanation tied to each bet is important for like a post-mortem look back and say hey you know the reason I thought you know Martin Truex Jr. was going to win at Dover or had was because he had been so successful there in the past and for whatever the reason is now I thought I didn't know that Martin Truex was going to win this last week I actually was able to just get him live I was not high on him before the race but you can't just say I feel like he's due you know those are things that like how do you learn from that what did What do you mean he's due? You can be much more specific. Like if you were to say, you know, Kyle Larson, well, he's great on concrete tracks. He was arguably the fastest car in two races. He didn't win. He's already won two previous races. And oh, by the way, he likes Dover. It's arguably one of his top three tracks. That's why I think Kyle Larson would win. Now he didn't win. He wrecked out, but... Is The more specific you can be on your explanations, the easier it is to look back at your bets and say, oh, here's where I was right and here's where I was wrong. It's really important to be uh, you know, objective when you do this because then you can apply that information you learned in that race and carry it over to the, not only the next race, but the next time you visit that track. So it's really, really important that we don't just say because magic. Chase Elliott's going to win this week because it's magic. Like that's not important like that doesn't help anybody so the more specific you can be the more you can learn and then you can tweak it and oh by the way if someone disagrees with you you can actually have a a debate because the goal like i've said all along the goal is not my picks versus skybox's picks it is literally us versus the books and there's been times when you've talked me off bets and i've actually flipped my position and we got it right And there's been times when I've talked to you off bets and you flipped it and we got it right. The most important thing is getting it right. So that's why the explanations I feel like are so important.
0: Yeah. And when you go to the the next track, you go to the next comp track, you go to the same track again. You look back and you say, okay, I was right for 95% of that race. 400 lap race, 395 laps. That matchup, we had it hit. And then there was a funky caution, right? Whatever it is, like Vegas we saw earlier this year um or maybe it was kansas last year i can't remember where there was just a a caution with four laps to go and and the running order just completely jumbled and and you don't want those finishing results and say oh i won that matchup but it was only because of a a late race you know green white checkered or caution
1: perfect example would be logano's finish at martinsville i mean he was terrible he went a lap down twice got a lucky caution when he stayed out during green flag stops at martinsville which is just hilarious hilarious in itself but he finished second And he was a 21st place car. So if you bet on Joey Logano in that race saying, oh, he's just really good there. And you go back there to the next race and say, oh, well, Logano finished second last time. He's going to be really good. Well, that's a problem because in my book, Logano is a fade, a guy you should fade going into Martinsville based on his performance. Because if you look at the actual lap by lap data, he was not fast, but his finish was there. So, um, yeah, that's really important, you know, to, to stay ahead of the curve and, and, and ahead of the odds makers.
0: Absolutely. All right. Let's look at Kansas. Um, we got comp tracks. I feel like we haven't had comp tracks in a little bit. Um, you know, Kansas, both Kansas races from last year and the next gen car. We had Vegas from earlier this year. Is there, is there any other tracks that you have your eye on? What What are you weighing, you know, Kansas two from last year, maybe a little more, maybe Vegas from this year? Where, where are your eyes early in the week before practicing qualifying going with comp tracks?
1: Okay. So the, the first thing I'm going to look at is just for a baseline. It's going to go to Vegas. Like who was just fast there and had speed? You know, I know that there's different banking and there's gonna be different tire wear, but ultimately who had speed there? What teams had speed? What manufacturers had speed? Then when it comes back to last year, I think it's really important for us to realize that the car You know, we were early, like I think like the 12th or 13th race was Kansas last year. That was a 13th race with this car. Then we ran there in the playoffs. They've learned so much between, you know, this point last year and then the fall of last year, like teams did completely different cars. So I think it's really important to not look as much at the spring Kansas race from last year as it is the fall race, because the teams just know so much more about this car. And then there's other tracks. When you look at the the driving style, listen, this is a high line track for the momentum. So yes, it's not Homestead, but the guys that are good at Homestead, the guys that are good running that high line Typically, we'll have to go up top at Kansas. I think that those guys are going to be good. Another one, maybe just because of the line, would be Darlington. And listen, I know I'm going to get a lot of people. Well, the fall off is not the same. Yeah, I know it's not the same. I understand that. But if you just look at driving styles, Kansas has really widened out. It used to be kind of on the bottom or in the middle. But now you kind of got to migrate to the top. And if it, you're going to be at a run longer than you know 25 laps or so, everyone's going to be ripping the top. Now, it's important when it comes to passing that you can make a pass in the bottom. But, um, you know, the comp traps I'm looking at are just Vegas based on speed. It's the only other mile and a half we've had. And then I'm looking at last year's fall Kansas race, just because they, they learn more about the car than they did, you know, at the first Kansas race. And then I kind of mesh the two together. So I just use something that kind of puts both of those together. And is you know, an average of both Kansas races last year, that's what I'm using.
0: Yeah, I like that. And uh, the odds board, uh, the top two guys, I'm looking at Barstool right now, Kyle Larson and Tyler Reddick, arguably uh, the two best guys ripping the top. So uh, let's talk about the odds board and then we'll get into specific some specific guys. Um, Like I just said, top of the odds board, Larson, Reddick, Byron, or actually, sorry, Larson, Byron, Hamlin. They've been up at the top of the odds boards for the last few weeks. Tyler Reddick has not. He is now up at the front. At the top of the board, um, but when you scroll down a little bit, you got some guys with some, you know, in the mid-teens that are some pretty decent numbers. Ross at fourteen to one. Chase Elliott, dramatic pause. Chase Elliott, fourteen to one. Uh, Kyle Bush, fifteen to one. Then you're then you're into Blaney at sixteen, and then Harvick, Logano, are both at you know twenty-two to one plus. What what are your what, what's your
1: first initial reaction to this? The odds that we're getting for Kansas this week. My initial reaction is, well, I think Larson and Byron are going to battle it out for the win. That's my initial reaction, okay? Based on what we've seen, they've been fast week in and week out. And, you know, you you mentioned the high line, and obviously Larson's going to be good up there. And Willie B just won't go away. Now, from there, every. Everyone's really high on Redick, and I we're, we're going to get into that in a second, I guess. So, um, just off the top of my head, is what has Chase Elliott done to deserve like a fourteen to one price? Now, I understand he didn't perform that well in Martinsville relative to how we thought he was informed, and same at Dover. But those are pretty demanding tracks from the driver's perspective. I mean, this guy broke his leg, you know, that week of Las Vegas. And then he gets, has to, you know, come back and I'm I'm excluding Talladega and and plate tracks. So, um, I think that these have, I think that if there's a race, that's going to be the easiest on the driver. It's going to be Kansas relative to everything that we've run the last few weeks. So chase jumps off the board. I mean, did you know that they have the same equipment as Kyle Larson and (laughs) William Byron and he's won a championship and he's won a ton of races. Okay. So, um, the other guys, Kevin Harvick, I mean, he's won at Kansas And I think he's been faster this year than he was last year. And last year he had two wins. I think that just based off, you know, even they've even qualified better this year. Kevin Harvick has. So you, you, you kind of couple in that 22 to one and the fact that by the way, if he qualifies well, that those odds are going to drop to probably 10 or 12. Uh, I think that just off the top of my head, I just think, you know, circle chase and circle Kevin Harvick is just value bets where the market could adjust massively if they look good in practice. The other guy, you know, there's some Bubba love and rightfully so 23 XI winning both Kansas races last year. So, yeah, I mean, where's Bubba going to go off? Let's just say he qualifies sixth where he qualified when he won. I just don't see him going down to eight to one. I just don't see it. And I don't see him out qualifying Larson and Byron. And I think those guys are going to qualify one, two. What happens to the odds after that? Mm-hmm. You know? Where's Bubba go if he qualifies tenth? Yeah, I
0: don't think he moves. Right?
1: I, I mean, yeah, he's not going to move. If anything, he's going to go up. Right? Like right, if Larson right. looks really good and pulls it, he's going to be like plus three fifty. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm.
0: So the number one head scratcher for me this week is this Tyler Reddick and Kyle Busch thing, and we've talked about it at certain tracks uh, this season. But Tyler Reddick had the fastest car at Kansas last year. Uh, you know, he hit the wall, wrecked whatever he did. He's he's opening up seven to one, eight to one, some shops. I think he opened up maybe a bu- north of ten to one on a couple shops and quickly came down. Um, he's in the car that won. I mean, both his teammates won last year, Bubba and Kurt Busch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Kyle Busch, on the other hand, he's in that eight car that that had the fastest overall speed ranking, and he's coming off at fifteen to one. Oh, by the way, Kyle Busch also uh, had a top five speed ranking at Kansas two last year what do you what do you make of this i mean you just you you mentioned it a little bit earlier tyler reddick is a maybe a little overpriced but what's your what's your diagnosis of reddick and bush this week
1: let's just go back to fontana or or last year let's just start with fontana and tyler reddick had the fastest car right i mean he hits the wall late you know kind of dominated the race and if you're going to compare cars you throw kyle bush in that same car same setup and he wins the race and i don't think he was as dominant as Reddick was, I think that Chastain really, really was <laughs> given Kyle Bush fits, but ultimately Kyle was the best car and ended up winning the race. Now you go to the road courses. Okay. Well, Kyle Bush is in the eight car. He's a great road course racer and you have, you know, Tyler Reddick racing for 23 XI for the first time. And listen, Tyler Reddick is the best road course racer out there. I mean, there, man, there's going to be some chase fans that are pissed about that, but mm, Tyler Reddick's is pretty damn good. So, um, but who finished second? Oh, Kyle Busch. Who's not as good a road course racer, in my opinion, as Tyler Reddick is right now, especially after some of the comments that Hamlet made on his podcast. So if you take that same logic and you apply it, Tyler Reddick and Kyle Busch should be similarly priced. So I think somewhere between the 7 to 1 of reddick and the 15 to 1 of kyle bush is where they should be priced. so let's just put that, you know, maybe 10 or 12 to 1 based on that reddick is overvalued and i feel like kyle bush is a little undervalued. now kyle to me hasn't been as good as i thought he would be. doesn't mean he's had a terrible season, he's got a couple wins already, but i think that they should be similarly priced not having tyler reddick a, a huge favorite over kyle
0: yeah, I, I I think similarly, I'm not going to touch Redick with a 10-foot stick, no. 15-foot stick at 7-to-1, 8-to-1. Absolutely not. Um, a lot has changed since last year. All right, so we've talked about a couple guys. Uh, if I, I want to get your take. If you had to lay one outright right now, are we going for the value, quote, value, very overused term, Are we going for the value at 14 to one with chase Kevin Harvick at 22 to one? Or do you think that the Hendrick power and the, the Larson or Byron show, if you had to lay one outright
1: who we lay in right now, I'm laying chase. I mean, I think that that's, he's in the same stuff and, and I think his odds will, will drop the most if he looks good in practice and qualifying. I just think that that has the most upside. I think, you know, we could see him go off at 7 or 8 to 1. No, I'm not saying he will. That's not what this is. But I am very comfortable. Let's just say Chase looks average in practice. By the way, Chase looked average in every practice last year, too. And won, what, four times, five times. So, I'm okay, even if his odds if his odds just stay the same all weekend. I am very comfortable at the start of the race knowing I have Chase Elliott in that 9 team at 14 to 1. It just didn't happen last year. And he hasn't had a chance to really show himself in this, you know, in this car really this year. But when he did, he was second at Fontana. I mean, what's wrong with that? <laughs> it's a pretty good run. So I know he missed Vegas, but his teammates dominated at Vegas. So if you're going to go based off that, I think that chase is probably your best, uh, best outright, bet.
0: I don't think we've seen a 14 to one number on a non super speedway on chase Elliott at yeah. least three
1: or four years. Right. I mean, where are they going to open him on the next road course? Like, <laughs> I mean, maybe we don't want to talk about that. Like, <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, I'm not going to miss out on
0: Chase Elliott 14-1, I'll tell you that.
1: No, I don't think so either.
0: All right, so uh, this is the final question. Uh, I've been doing this thing the last few weeks with a prop, and uh, I didn't think we were going to get lucky, but about 20 minutes before we started recording, uh, Barstool had a, had a little bit of a line that was put out, and uh, each guest each week, we're going to do a little prop. So this week's prop is, you know, and I, let me preface this by saying, Previously, like Talladega was uh, cars to finish on the lead lap. That's a coin flip. And then last week it was car winning car number over under 12 and a half at Typico Sportsbook. this week. Barstool is giving that number out winning car number at 17 and a half. That I I think we, we got an edge here, but this is your, this is your question to answer. This is your question to answer.
1: Uh, where are we going over or under 17 and a half? Um, I would love to hear the explanation of the over because I feel like I could rattle off quite a few drivers. Listen, Truex, Bell and Byron on the over. Okay. I mean, Suarez, I mean, listen, uh, uh Reddick, I guess, I guess that's, I guess Reddick is the reason that that's staying so high And Bubba, but like, I still think those are a gamble. You're going to give me Larson, Hamlin, Chastain, Elliott, Kyle Bush, Ryan Blaney, Kevin Harvick, Brad Keselowski. I mean, how many Hall of Famers did I just list off? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like that's, I like the under there. I'm actually going to bet that myself as soon as I get done with this. So uh, I like the under there.
0: Yeah, over over is minus one eighteen, and under is minus one ten. So even the overs oh, got underdogs. the
1: nod. Yeah, <laughs> that's crazy. Oh my gosh,
0: <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's gonna get played. All right, man, Chris. Oh, wow, Mike decided to do something funky there. Chris, thanks for joining us. Where can everybody find you? I know you're on a few shows week to week. Uh, where should we be looking?
1: Yeah, give me a follow on Twitter at Chris fifteen c h r i s w e r m e one five, and then um. I have a stay, Be- stay green podcast with Todd Furman that goes live every Thursday and that's a, a bet the board production. So, uh, follow Todd at Todd Furman on, on Twitter as well. And then at bet the board, uh, we do that every week. That'll come out every Thursday. And then I have a pre-race show that I do, um, usually about an hour and a half before the race. And it's just me running through the field and kind of making predictions on every driver, and I can answer questions and try to interact with everybody. So it's just a live stream. It's called the pre-race pull. Um, I think my name's just Chris Wormy on, on YouTube. So you can follow me there. I don't know how that works. I still have yet to like figure out how to be a content person. So you that's, me that's both, my buddy. biggest pitch right there.
0: All right. You heard it here first. I think we got some good information out, and uh, I'm about to run to lock in that under 17. I'm going to make I mean, some bets yeah. here. Yeah. As soon as we get
1: off the air, I got to make some yeah. bets. All right, buddy. Good
0: luck to you this weekend. Yep. See ya. And boy, is that 17 and a half number big. I-, I thought about going a few different ways with our best bet of the week this week. I was thinking about a little Kevin Harvick top 10 at Even Money. He's finished six of the last nine Kansas races inside the top 10. I thought about going Kyle Larson minus minus one twenty-five versus Tyler Reddick. because As you just heard, I'm not too high on the Reddick train this week, but I'm going to roll with this under 17 and a half winning card number as my best bet for this week. We talked about a few liabilities on the flip side of this bet. Truex, Bell, uh, Byron, you got to throw Reddick in there because it's a big possibility. Uh, Suarez, if you want to throw him in there. But I think our side is the right side. If you go back the last 10 races at Kansas, last 10 winners, even including last year's 23-11 wins, the drivers on the under have won seven of those. The only outliers have been the two races last year and then Joey Logano in the fall of 2020. The other seven, Harvick, Elliott, Hamlin twice, Kyle Bush and Kyle Larson. Denny went back to back, by the way, fall of 2019, spring of 2020. And oh, by the way, as Chris pointed out, this is the underdog pick. The over is minus 118. We're taking the under at minus 110. I don't think this number is going to last after practice and qualifying. So get it in Friday night, Saturday morning early. I like it. We usually get this 11 and a half, 12 to half number from the books. It's refreshing to get a 17 and a half number with decent odds. Not like it's crazy one way or the other. So, thank you guys for listening. And with that, we will see you at the ticket.